Welcome into the I-80 Club National Fun League Week number nine. Uh, we named the podcast National Fun League, and that was a stupid idea. Uh, he's Mike Schaefer, and I'm Josh Peterson. This is the therapy edition. If you're joining us live, we appreciate you for joining us on this Sunday night. We're going a little earlier than we had, had planned, but uh, it was, oh, Schaefer, I feel like I'm going to be in front of you because I'm watching directly off of the antenna, so this will be a little interesting. I'll try not to spoil things, um, but when we've First started uh, talking about this. We were going to go on after the Sunday night game between the Bills and the Bengals. Cincinnati was dominating throughout the first half. Third quarter has been a bit squirrely. Uh, but yeah, so here we are on a Sunday. Thanks for listening live. If you're listening at a later date, we appreciate your patronage. Or you could join us live at a future date at patreon.com slash I80club. Mr. Mike Schaefer, how are you? I am. Uh, I'm great. I feel like the character from Party Down where I just want to yell, are we having fun yet? <laughs> You know, just repeatedly as we open up the National Fun League yeah. podcast every time. Like, it's, you know, it's amazing the <laughs> weeks that we have had. I know. Uh, with this, with this, you know, idea that was born out of our love of the NFL. Yeah. And uh, my team is five and four. I believe your team is six and three. Five and three. Five and three. Five now. and three. Five, you had yeah. the bye week. You've already had yes. your bye. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. you're, yeah, your, your team is five and three. The yeah. adventure as to how we got there is underscored throughout the, the previous nine weeks perfectly. A yes. lot of roller coasters. And as it should happen, uh, just like I think the, the first time we did this, one of us got to be pretty happy. And um, or no, was the first one we I think did we this were right both, after the Cardinals game. Yes, yeah. so the first time we did it, yeah, we were we it was were, after Josh Dobbs' only other win of the season. Oh my goodness, <laughs> what an incredible thing that we're experiencing here. Uh, the National Fun League is really a tribute to Josh Dobbs. I never knew that this was a thing. Yeah, no who knows what will happen when we're back shape in three weeks. And so if you're just if, if this is new for you, the original plan was, hey, starting in week, what was it, shape week three, right? We're like, we'll three. do an, a, a podcast yep. every third week. Uh, we had to move the, the second podcast. So we were already off to a great start because we had to move the second podcast back a full week because I ran the marathon. Uh, and, and at that point, your team hadn't even begun the, well, I guess you had beaten the Bears, but you hadn't really begun your winning streak. Yeah. And Kirk Cousins was still a healthy individual. Sure. Uh, so every, every week we do one of these, it is super fascinating. By the way, the next time, shape that we get together, it will be after the Thanksgiving weekend. So my team will play on Thanksgiving. Your team will play the oh, Bears God. on Monday Night Football that God. probably was going to get flexed. But now with Josh Dobbs and the Vikings being somewhat interesting and this mm. feeling like it's going to rise to the level of curiosity storyline that the NFL really likes to promote. Oh, yeah, uh, I, I can I can see one of Denver, Denver, Minnesota or Chicago, Minnesota getting moved out of primetime. Those are their games. Um, yeah. You know, that's the, the week prior to Thanksgiving. It's Sunday night game in, in Denver. So one of those probably is getting moved. I think they'd probably leave the Monday night one alone. I think yeah. flexing a Monday night game is a lot harder than Agreed. a Sunday night game. I think they're going to really do their darndest to not flex out Monday night games. Yeah. So, so that'll be fun. We'll get together, and my team will have played four days ago, three days ago. Your team won't even have played yet. So yeah. I can't wait for the next edition of the National Fun League. Yeah, that. I mean, this is uh, – was it – was the last time we did this, the, the Cowboys were playing on Monday night against the Chargers? Correct. Yeah. So we haven't had like a remotely normal week no. at any no. point, which describes again the 2023 yeah. NFL season. 
Yeah, uh, a few comments as we get going. Uh, first of all, I'm, I'm, can I mute wrist during this uh, during the pod tonight? I'll, I'll see if I can do that. I did turn off her Twitter notifications for me at one point today. I was like, you know what? I'm going to stay away from her Twitter notifications as Dallas fell behind 28 to 17. Uh, but Mark does ask a question, Shafe, uh, and we begin every podcast. We're going to change the format. We're going to be a little looser, but we do begin with talking about our two dumb teams. Mark asks, Shafe, are the Vikings better off with Dobbs or Hall? I think the answer... I think it's actually a pretty easy answer that it's Dobbs. I mean, the way that he was able to execute without knowing the plays, like the stories that are coming out of this football game that is, what, six hours old are absolutely wild right now. So I feel like, the, you know, if he can do this today, it, what, what's going to happen when he actually starts learning plays and learning the names of his teammates? Yeah, it um, it seems like it's a, a fairly easy answer as well, though it, it is sort of remarkable that Jaron Hall, in his first career start, uh, you know, he moves him down there. They're about an inch away from a touchdown. It felt like he was scoring on that play. And then suddenly he's just completely out, you know, and you're going to Josh Tops and he has the safety immediately. And I'm just like, oh, my I'm gosh. befuddled because that was one of the dumbest non Dan Orlovsky safeties that you are <laughs> ever going to come across. But yeah. he he knows where he is on the football field. And then when he saw the rusher, instead of continuing forward into the contact, he went backwards, making it easier to be tackled into the end zone. Like I was, yeah. I was immediately like aerospace engineer. Like, <laughs> what are we talking about here? This guy's an idiot. You were about and to then, respond yeah. angrily to that Kevin Kugler tweet from earlier this week. You said that he was smart. What are you talking about? You jerk. I would never, he was too busy. Uh, I think he had Raiders giants today. Yeah. In and front so of like all of three people in the on, country, you know, before that game. So I, I would never want to bother Kevin Kugler, uh, you know, before he has, really important work to do. But no, I mean, the the Josh Dobbs experience, which I'm sure we're going to talk about a ton, so I'll just wrap yes. this up quickly. I, I have no doubt that with his sort of, uh, you know, alleged intelligence, and I'm sure it's there. It's hard to know. He's played what, like, it's just the way that he's talked about. It's like, I don't know that that translates necessarily to being a super smart NFL quarterback either. Sure. So I, sorry, when I say alleged, it's more alleged NFL IQ. Yeah, yeah, I know what you but, mean. It's going to be fascinating. Like, this was a very emotional, adrenaline-charged win. Yes. It'll be very, very interesting how they come back after a full week of practice to prep for a Saints game that suddenly team that, you know, are the bottom barrel NFC playoffs, but uh, are also heading in the right direction at the right time. Yeah. They really are. Uh, we can just t- keep talking about your team for now. We'll, we'll get to the Dallas-Philadelphia okay. game. Do you want to put It'll- this off? No, we we can we can save it. We can save it. Um. So since since we last spoke, uh, your quarterback has torn his ACL or torn his Achilles. Excuse me. Uh, the ACL was actually Daniel Jones today. So he's torn his Achilles. You have gone through the gamut of emotions. You mentioned today and how he gets a safety. He what? He had the fumble then not long after that. So like he he is off to just I mean, he accounted a for eight start. points of of the Falcons whatever they had like just by himself. Yeah. In yes. like a four possession stretch, yes. And if and if you if you're confused about what I said a little bit earlier, uh, like this guy literally didn't like know the names of teammates. He apparently the stories again that are coming out of this game are are absolutely wild to me. So the first thing was that he is over there on the sidelines after the injury, working with the linemen. They're all standing around him as he just tells them his cadence. So he is yeah. like, you know, ready, set, what he he does that. And they're just listening. It's almost like Shafe watching like a batter, 
you know, um, who is just who is uh, on deck and just swinging with like the pitch as it comes in. Just okay, these are the rhythms of a fastball from the pitcher. So that happens. The other thing, and this is, I mean, it, it's probably happened before, but it is wild to me. He apparently was getting the plays from O'Connell. And I assume then telling the players what the play call was, but then O'Connell was explaining to him what the play was. So like whatever the verbiage was, then I would assume it's like, yeah, okay. So you have your, you know, your ex receiver, he's going to do this. Your Y is going to do this. And that was what was happening. And he leads them to the comeback. The fourth down play that he had towards the end of the game was just spectacular as you, as your reaction, I'm texting you. I'm worried that like something had happened in your personal life because you're not responding at all. And I'm just like sending you Dobbs, Dobbs. This is great. Dobbs. Um, and you come back and you get a victory. Now you're five and four. Also, shape. My youngest brother was at the game because he lives in Atlanta. So you know he is riding the roller coaster. Yeah, he's miserable, and then he's obviously super happy. So uh, what what a, what a day! What an experience for Vikings fans. Yeah. So uh, this I think is almost a year um, year to the weekend of when they came back against the Buffalo Bills last year, beginning in November. Um, so again, as luck would have it, one of my really good friends got married on Friday night. I was in the wedding. Several people are here from out of town, opened up the house on Sunday to have people over to watch NFL games. Uh, one of my really good friends is a Bucks fan. Another is a Bears fan. So we have the quad box in the middle of the TV. And it's basically like we're all just taking turns complaining about how terrible our teams are. And then, of course, like so as the Vikings are coming back against the Falcons and we're watching this and I am trying my best to, <laughs> to be less of a, a lunatic as I would be if I was just on my own. Yeah. Minnesota completes that comeback at the same time, the bucks like within 30 seconds in real time, then go and score their own touchdown. So my friend is like jacked and I'm over here now sweating out. Oh no. Are they going to get like this? This kicker from the Falcons just seems like he's going to be good from 66. So they basically just need to get to the 49 yard line and then they can kick a field goal and it's going to go to overtime and then Cordero Patterson's going to return the opening kick in overtime for a touchdown. Like, <laughs> this is the sort of hell that I live in. Why is my life like this? And then I look up in Minnesota had actually finished the game. And then I look over, and all of a sudden the Texans are driving, and Wild we're switching game. to we're, – we're getting it on the, the full 77-inch TV now. Like, this is the, the game that's taking over the full screen here as we watch the Texans come down and score. In the meantime, as you know, my wife runs a 33 pool, which is equivalent <laughs> of – 33 points. If you have the team that week that scores 33 points, regardless win or loss, you win money. Right now, that is up to a $700 purse. The Texans are sitting on 33. So there's people in the basement that are rooting against my friend because they need the Texans to score. <laughs> score. So this other guy doesn't win. Set. Like it was an insane, insane 20 minutes of real time that yes. you, you like. There are moments in life, and this, you should not be describing an NFL Sunday as I'm about to say this, but there are moments in life where you wish that there was a camera crew that just followed you around so you could go back and you could just rewatch the footage because there's all of this conversation, all of this stuff happening, and there's three different games in the balance as this is all going on, and it's just like incredible, and it just reminds me all the time, this is the greatest product in the world. It's there so is good. nothing better then NFL football, college football fans that really, really love college football will tell me repeatedly that it's better because of the pageantry and all of that bullshit. There's nothing better. You had three 
for atrocious games that turned into very, very entertaining with teams that have no chance of winning the Super Bowl. But on one shining Sunday afternoon in November, it was fantastic. And it, it's just like this all the time. I, I, yeah. There's no other way to describe it. There yeah, really I love, is. I love, I'm, I'm very happy you put in the store, the, uh, the, the anecdote there about the 33 thing that we're in. Um, Cause I had the fucking giants today. So that was, <laughs> that was wonderful. I mean, absolutely wonderful. So, and then cause Riss also did it. So we both did it. So we're, we're in this and we, you know, your, your wife, your lovely wife sends out the email every week on, I think Wednesday or Thursday. And I open it up. And, and Riss hadn't seen it yet. So I told her, I go, have you seen it? And she said, no. I said, well, you're, this is your bye week and I have the giant. So mm. the giants as, and we had been watching SVP on Monday night after the, the Monday night game. And they showed this stat where uh, the giants have averaged 11 points per game this season. So that was, uh, yeah, <laughs> just terrible. one. And now it's actually gone down. Um, so that was, that was uh, horrible, but watching and I was rooting for the Texans a, just cause I wanted them to win but also B for the 33 stuff. And so when they went down, they just went right down the field. Uh, yeah, it was, Riz asked me tonight. She's like, so we're, what, what else happened in the, in the early game? She was like, I saw that the Ravens dominated again. And I was like, yeah, that Texans game though, that Texan game was absolutely awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. Won. And then of course your team was involved in, you know, uh, like if you do the general rundown of the day, like obviously Cowboys Eagles is going to lead all the highlight shows, but man, your game and, and the Texans bucks game are going to be the other two that they always yeah. go to um, because the Ravens game was essentially a laugher from the start. Well, and then, of course, if you're a real sicko, you could have found some real joy in the absolute snooze fest of a second half of Commander's Patriots. Oh, my gosh, dude. Two and Which was somehow. Seven. So we're, we're trying to, for those that have Sunday ticket, you get the, the quad box option. Like, we're trying to find the first one that has the Vikings, the Bears, and the Bucks all playing so we can have that in there. And then the fourth game is Commander's Patriots which we're sort of like trying to, you know, every now and then or the attention goes up to the top left corner of the screen. You're like, oh, it looks like Mac Jones had another bad pass again. And then you're immediately like looking somewhere else on the screen. It's just incredible. Just an incredible sport. We're, yeah. we're so blessed. Yeah. What a product. And it's like halfway done, which is making, I'm starting to get sad. It's week nine out of 18. Oh, don't uh, do that. Don't do that yet. I I'm, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll try not to. There's All so right. much to look forward to. Well, should we talk about my uh, my my dumb team for let, today? Um, let me. Uh, yeah, I've got some other Viking stuff I'm going to say, but I I think the okay. everyone needs to hear from you <laughs> how you felt throughout that game because that just felt like the ultimate ball tickle blue ball whatever weird Kink. you know analogy I'm going to make involving balls for some reason. I don't I don't understand. Normally I'm more of a maritime analogy individual, uh, but. That was just bizarre. It felt like it, it really felt like the Cowboys should have won that game about 37 different ways. Yeah. And I think America and by America, I mean, the nine people listening to this podcast uh, tomorrow would like to know how that went for you. And the seven who are listening right now, Joe writes honey dick, by the way, that's what is that what you were looking for? The honey dick? No, I, I more or less just like the idea that you are on the uh, on the precipice of greatness yeah. and then it's just stolen away from you. And all you get is that horrific stomach, you know. Pain. Yeah. Yeah. They're two and a half games back now. So uh, a couple things. First of all, um, there must be something. I don't know if it's a smell that I have, maybe Shafe, or an obvious reaction that I have. The game is 
a minute away from starting and Banks got up and he went behind the couch. Like they're so there and and like obviously I've been over and watched a game with you before. I've seen Slider's reaction. Um so I <laughs> the know that banner day for Slider. Yeah, you're like dogs obviously are good at picking up on on us, but I hadn't even reacted yet. I'm like just sitting forward and my heart rate's almost a hundred. So there must be something that I had where Banks is like, Nope, this is not my time. This is the Cowboys time. He was he seemed miserable. Like he's he's over just like sitting with my mom most of the time. Like I'm trying to like call him over. Like I'll pet you. Like I'm fine. I'm just really really stressed. Uh, so I went into the game thinking that the Eagles would win and cover. I obviously they they did they did uh, win and they they indeed did cover. And it, it is I think today's game is perhaps the ultimate representation of what it has been like to be a fan of them my entire life, where they are. Really, really good. Really, really talented. They make plays that I'm like, hell yes. This is such a fun team, and I love rooting for them. But then they just do the dumbest stuff. I mean, the 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 reason that they don't win this game in the end, and you look at like a, a fourth down conversion that I thought they scored on, and at first the, the Eagles player, this is the shoemaker touchdown, non-touchdown, and the Eagles are like, no, no, no. And I was like, oh, I think he caught it. And then they show the replay, and immediately I know what's going to happen, that they're going to review it. And, and he was a half yard short. Sure enough. Um, so like that happens. They do. They get the ball. They, they force. First of all, they force three and outs on the final three Eagles drives of the whole game. They just stuff them and get the ball back every time. And so then they get the ball back and they go down and they score really fast. And this is awesome. And then they go for two and they get it. And then they show the reap. Well, first of all, you hear the reaction of the crowd. And I'm like, OK, was there a hold? Are they mad at a hold? No. Dak steps out of bounds at the whatever and and the the ball again is a half yard short. Um and then somehow by the grace of God they they get it back again after a a snap that with a guy in motion is like watching Nebraska versus Colorado shape and Micah Parsons is right there and I'm like oh my gosh he's going to recover the ball and we're going to have it at the 15 yard line with a minute to go this is going to end up timeout this is going to be perfect. And no they don't do it but instead they drive like 80 yards in three plays because of a couple penalties. Um, and, and then they, they have first and goal or it's first and five at the six. And then the game ends fourth and whatever, you know, from the 35. And it's like, God, that's just, I don't know, man. It was just so typical where Dak, I think this, you can make an argument. This is maybe his best game he's ever played. And yet like he has the, the out of bounds two point conversion and that, you know, allows them to, or doesn't allow them to kick a field goal when they could have on the final one or two drives of the game. Um, you know, the shoemaker play like that wasn't on Dak. You got to get to the sticks. Um, but he, he, I mean, he did take some bad sacks again, like he does, but he was, I thought he was spectacular in terms of being at the line of scrimmage and, you know, changing plays. Like I thought that he was dialed into his bag. This was the exact opposite of the 49ers game. The defense was good enough, except when they weren't. And so it was just another one of those, you know, nut punches. And, and like the worst part is, I mean, that first of all, Riss has bragging rights again. And so that's a bummer. Um, but the worst part is like, I know it's early and like, you didn't want me to talk about how the season is halfway done, but it just, I have really made peace now that if they're going to go on a run, they're going to have to do it on the road. And that is just like, I don't want to feel that way at week in week nine again. You know, I would have rather if they would have won and then they win next week, they would have had the tiebreaker and suddenly they're in first place in the NFC East. And, and as hard as the Eagles schedule is like they, they continue to find ways to win all these football games. So I really I, I'm not like I saw a couple people like, hey, well, look at their schedule. They're going to lose one game, if not two, the next few weeks. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe they find ways They get third down conversions so often. They they get backbreaking conversions on third down. And obviously their defense is really, really good. So bad times, bad times. So 
I I remarked to uh, one of my friends that was over as we were watching the the Cowboys Eagles, you know, towards the conclusion, and I was like, this must be what it feels like for everyone else when they're watching Kirk Cousins towards the end of a game, where you just have <laughs> like you can acknowledge that there's no way in hell the team that is around him is even in this position without him having had to have made play after play after play, and yeah. yet there are like seven moments in that game where you're like, this does not happen but to a handful of quarterbacks that just seem to have been born under a bad sign. And Prescott feels like one of them. Yeah. And what I mean by that is like, you can watch a ton of NFL games and you will not see a fourth and goal where the catch is about three inches from being in for a touchdown. Yeah. But because his knees just happened to drag slightly before the cone of the ball is going to cross the pot. Like you never see that. And yeah. of course it would happen with Dak Prescott. So that's yep. one of them. You yep. have a great athletic play where he extends it, gets out to the to the side, and his foot just happens to slide just again, an inch, three inches. Yeah. It, like literally the whole game is just the Al Pacino game of inches speech just played <laughs> on repeat. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. But and then it's like this even when they drove down, even when it was first and goal, in my head, I was like, he's going to throw a pick. <laughs> they are not going to win this game. And there was that play where he's, I don't know how he held onto the ball, really. He, the one he where he almost gets, threw it? Yeah, he got turned parallel to the sky. Yeah. And like, seemed like he was about to throw the ball, but then clearly didn't, but then somehow didn't fumble it on yeah. a hit that looked like he got absolutely rocked. And so, yeah. um, you know, and then everything just sort of devolved with the offense and the, uh, I don't know if it was a false start or a delay a game or whatever it was that first moved him back and then the holding and then everything else. But I just, it, it's weird being on the other side of it, having heard so many people talk about like, you know, Kirk turtling in big moments or all of these different things. And then I'm just watching it's like, this is what that feels like. This yeah. is what, you know, and it's unfortunately, that's kind of what it was. And at the same time, I looked at that game and I, I said this to you. I think I texted this to you earlier uh, in the year. I There's no team in the NFC that is a lock to make the Super Bowl. Like, I feel like the Cowboys Eagles, you will split with them. You will win in Dallas. Like, I just don't, I don't think this Eagles team is that good that they're going to go 16 and, you know, one or yeah. 15 and two. And maybe they finish 14 and three or 13 and four or whatever. Um, and maybe they get the one seed, but I feel like you have to come out of today and just think like, man, we had every opportunity. It was right in front of us. We can play with this team and you know, they could be an entirely different result in January. Like I, I, I don't think this game at all for me, as far as it relates to the Cowboys, like they're squarely one of the four best teams in the NFC. Like there's, you know, like I don't think there's you could you could quibble with them or the Lions for for third I guess yeah um but I I would be completely fine with either one of those being your third or your fourth best team in the NFC because I think they're all roughly the same I don't know that there's any of them that just feels head and shoulders above you know when we did this podcast last time we were talking about how the 49ers just felt like they were the apex of the league yeah and so much what do they look like now they lost three straight games yeah. Minnesota and Cincinnati Cousins and Burrow carved them. I mean, their yeah. secondary and their second level look terrible. Um, and I, they'll get it fixed and they'll be a little bit better, but they don't have, you know, they, they had to trade for Chase Young because they're not getting any pressure up front. 
Kirk Cousins had seven years to throw the ball against him. That's why they're getting shredded. And yeah. so it's it's kind of wild to me. Like you give that much time to to Dak, you give that much time to Jared Goff, you give that much time to Jalen Hurts. They all have playmakers and they all have the ability to hurt you. Like I, you know, there's just no team in the NFC that's just clear above. I think there is a four teams that are set out above the rest of the NFC. But inside of those four teams, and yes, I'm including the Lions, which I don't even think are that good. But in the conference of which they play in, they're better than what's behind. And you know why? I think that's why this loss really, really hurts because, okay, let's name those teams, not including today. So you have the Lions, NFC North. You have the 49ers, NFC West. And then you have two teams in the same division. Yeah. And so, like, that's why today is true. campaign to be in the South where you belong in the first place. Yes. Yes. Put Carolina you, in the East where they belong. Yes, man. I have always had a big rivalry with the Falcons. I hate them yeah. so much, and I would love to play them twice a year. But, like, that's the brutal part about today. It's, I mean, like, the loss and, like, I'm frustrated and, you know, I'll get past it. But it's for what it means for January and potential tiebreakers. Like, you know, I, I was under no uh, no thoughts of you know, them, them getting to the one seed. Um, I mean, I guess it's it, it theoretically is possible, but as long as the Eagles keep winning, it's not just because they will, they will continue to have so many wins. Um, but that that's the part that really, really blows is a win today would have made the, the conversation so much different. And it, like the Eagles do have a really brutal schedule. And so they, they, they would have had to, you know, walk on a razor's edge. They got, they don't really have to as much. I mean, they still want to win all these football games. I'm with you. I think that they are the four best teams in the in the conference, and I would not be surprised if any of them made the Super Bowl. I really think it's it's reached that point. Um, so it's going to come down to like, you know, not to sound like a talking head, but who's the healthiest, you know, and who has home field advantage. All of those teams, or three of those teams, will get to host one playoff game, barring I guess the Seahawks getting into the mix, or even your Vikings getting into the mix. But three of those teams most likely will host a playoff game, and one of them won't, and it will either be my team or Riss's team. And like that's the that's the worst part because that means you're automatically slotted down to the five, and you're playing at the NFC South, which like that's great, but then you're going on the road at either the one seed the next week. Or probably the two, and that's what happened last year. Dallas had to go to, to San Francisco in round two, and it just it makes it hard to have to travel that much at the end of the season. Is there a team where you think the home field matters the most out of those four? Uh, honestly, I think it's Philadelphia. Their 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 home field, I think, is one of the few in the league. I mean, first of all, they have the weather, so there will be a weather component with Philadelphia, most likely. I guess there really wasn't last year. Both of those games, it seemed like they were mild against the Giants and the 49ers, but they, I think, have the most uh, boisterous crowd. That said, I, I am really fascinated by what a Detroit Lions Ford Field crowd is like because they've never hosted a playoff game there, and they haven't hosted a playoff game since the 92 or 93 season. So, I mean, it's been a long time since the Lions hosted a playoff game. So I would be curious, but I mean, of those, of those four, I definitely think the Eagles have the, you know, I guess if we, if we could throw in Seattle, if they were able to win the division, then I think it's a, it's a really good conversation, but of, of the top four that we mentioned, I think it's Philly. That might be the only mention of Seattle uh, on this podcast Ugh. with that performance today, which is hilarious to me because the Seattle Detroit game, was I thought pretty evenly matched. Like I, I feel like Detroit is probably closer to Seattle than they are the teams the that I grouped them with in the earlier one. And Baltimore just completely Dude. destroyed both of those teams. I think what was the like the joint combined score would have been something like seventy two to eleven yeah. or whatever. They, they killed them. They yeah. dude Baltimore. Um, they they look they look real. They look. Yeah. 
I mean, you know, I know the 2019 team flamed out big time. You know, they lost to Tennessee. This team, I think, might be a little bit better than that team. I'm curious to see what happens when they play. I'm trying to remember their schedule when they start playing just some different teams. I know later in the year they have the 49ers. They have the Bengals in a couple weeks. That one will be awesome because we're going to get yeah. healthy. And I know the Bengals actually just allowed a touchdown, but we're going to get healthy Joe Burrow um, versus versus the Ravens. So that game should be a whole lot of fun. But I I think they might be the team in the AFC this season. I really do. Yeah. But it'll probably be the Chiefs, like always. That is, that is entirely possible. I was going to say for me with the home field, I think it's the 49ers. I think it's the ability really? to stay out in the Bay. Um, part of it is that it's a long flight. Yeah, and it just feels like they're kind of a different team when they get a play out there a little bit, I feel like. I mean, they, it's not like they don't travel well and, and all of that, but it just feels like they're a little bit of a different team if they are at home and uh, teams have to go out there, little body clock adjustment for most of the teams that are going to be in the playoff. I mean, it, it is definitely for Detroit, Dallas, and Philadelphia, uh, whereas Detroit and Dallas, it's an hour's difference with, with going to Philly. So it's not as, you know, again, not the biggest thing, but a little bit there with that. And I, that's probably the team I I'm with you though. I, I think a Detroit, just seeing what that crowd is like, um, I'm very interested, you know, the three seed or whatever it is, maybe the two, maybe the the one, maybe they end up with the one. I don't, I don't think so. Their schedule is so easy, man. Their schedule is easy, but they got Josh Dobbs on it twice. So we'll see. (laughs) We will see. All right. Um, I want to, I want to get to a couple things uh, still regarding the the Vikings. Okay. And mainly, it's this. So I had you watch that clip of Kevin O'Connell talking in halftime, or not halftime, talking after the game, handing out the yeah. game balls, just doing all of that. I was just curious, like, do you ever watch those? Like, have you watched a lot of that around the NFL or anything like that? Like uh, uh, the post game speeches or whatever. I have in the past. I've never seen one that long before yeah. where like I've the, the and and this was one of those speeches where he ends up giving the game ball and he gave it to Dobbs, obviously. But I've never seen one shape where he was like calling out how many players did he call out? Probably 10, maybe five to 10 yeah. of like, we got to give credit to this guy and we got it. And it was this one long crescendo to giving the game ball to Dobbs. So I've seen those types of speeches before, but it's if, if a coach names five to 10 players, I've never seen that. I only ever see, you know, and let's give the game ball to, you know, Taylor Heineke. Woo, Taylor Heineke. Good job, Taylor. <laughs> Which had to have happened during the COVID year at some point in time. Yeah. Uh, so the, the reason I bring it up, because I wasn't familiar with that either until last year when Kevin O'Connell was the Vikings coach. And right away after week one with the Packers, I'm thinking, okay, this guy came prepared, like, he knows what this rivalry means. He's really yeah. kind of trying to, to build up Kirk and everything else about this. Plus, they got a big game with Philly coming up, yada, yada, yada. And then it's like it's like that after every game. It's like that when they win close. It's like that when they win ugly. It's like that when they win big. It's like that when they, you know, it's the tenor of it's different when they lose, obviously. But there are these sort of speeches. And it, it got me thinking, like, in the last two years under Kevin O'Connell, Minnesota won that game at Buffalo where they had no business coming back and winning. They mm-hmm. had absolutely no, like 0% chance of winning that game, and they still figured out a way to do it, and they still won that game. They had the game against the Colts, where they came back and they figured out how to come back against a team when you're down by 30-some points, the most in NFL history. Crazy. They came back and won it. 
those are the real prominent ones. They had like eight comeback wins last year. People they forget that they won one-score games. Yeah, they were great at coming back and finishing out teams in the fourth quarter. They won the fourth quarter. You never know if that's because of the way that the you know the way that they're set up or the way that they attack or or any of that. And the more I think about it, when you see something like this today with Josh Dobbs, who wasn't supposed to play at all, and he comes in and you're down eight to three and then you're down 11 to 10 and then you're down, you know, like you're down all the time, but then you finally take that lead. You're up 24, 21 and they have that back breaking touchdown and it's 28, 24. And you're like, all right, the dam is finally broke. Like it's, it's been a fun ride, but this is too much to ask. Then they go and they win it. And I'm just hearing, I'm thinking to myself, like is some of the secret sauce for what's happening in Minnesota, just like the culture going on in that locker room that this guy has established and I watched him sort of do it over time last year in these post-game videos and the way that these guys seem to really care and play and, and everything else. And, it, you know, you don't want to get lost too much in the intangibles all the time because ultimately sure. you got to have the physical ability to go out and do it. But there is, for an organization that my entire life has always felt high on talent, short on confidence, Sounds like the they Cowboys. have a belief system now under Kevin O'Connell that is just super, super unique. And it allows them, I think, to supersede and overachieve where they probably aren't as good of a football team uh, on paper or through the metrics as what they'll finish up record-wise. And some of that's the schedule and some of that, you know, is talent and, and what have you. But they won a game today with a guy who had never practiced, a backup left tackle, a not their number one or their number three wide receivers. They had guys that were signed off of the practice squad a couple weeks ago, come up with a diving sliding catch on a two point conversion. You had Josh Dobbs just weaving in and out of traffic, running the ball, chucking it, uh, doing whatever he had to do to, to go and win. And it's just like, this does not happen without some framework of culture. And it just speaks to like, you can be a great X's and O's person. And you can have all of the best development tools in the world for someone's technical refinement. This is still a sport about people. And sometimes in the margins, you can have a coach who, I I don't know. I mean, I don't think Kevin O'Connell is amazing on game day by any means. But I think, you know, Monday through Saturday in, in Minnesota, I think he just lifts people up in a way that is going to have them as kind of an overachieving team even if you don't understand how they're doing it. Shape, going back to what you said, um, I think towards the beginning, and you, you bring up the culture and kind of him establishing that, I, I think that that showed itself in a way even before the game with like the the, the guys warming up with the Kirk shirts on. Yeah. Like, I, I, and I know I'm not the first person to say this. The, 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 uh, the approval rating of Kirk in the last you know the, the the change it's over it's undergone over the last few months is pretty wild to me um because he was a player that i think for the longest time people you know hated strongly disliked or were annoyed by right and um then the quarterback documentary comes out and i remember hearing about like yeah hey kirk is like really enjoyable in this and i was like okay and then i watch it and that was my takeaway too someone who like i'll be honest i never really hated him i disliked how he handled um, you know, obviously the COVID stuff, uh, but I came out. He is so likable. Hey, before Matt rule said, if we die, we die. 
Kirk Cousins said, if I die, I die. He so, did. <laughs> I'm, like, as everyone is lauding Matt Rule over this, <laughs> in the back point. of my head, I'm thinking, man, that comment, very different in the fall of 2020. Kirk Cousins, Matt Rule handshake meme. But so, I, <laughs> don't, I was, don't think I didn't think about tweeting that out at one point <laughs> before I decided I did not need to engage in that. Sort yeah, of probably for the best. But, like, that's that that's that was what I was thinking about is like, wow. This is a guy, and it's not, look, like, that's not just a head coach. Like, they obviously, there was something about Cousins that they really, really like, and that's that's awesome. Um, they th- This is a different type of Vikings team, though, I feel like, to the one that I did grow up with. Just, like, given how they started so bad this year, and it would have been really easy to throw in the towel after all of those, um, you know, one-score wins last year, and that they begin this year with all these one-score losses. And it's like, well, there you go. Uh, this is what was going to happen. And then they started winning and then Kirk Cousins goes out and then they do what they did today. And like, obviously this could all go up in flames very, very shortly, but I, uh, I can't, I, I still can't figure out exactly how I feel about O'Connell. I think he's a really good coach. And I think that that's shown itself. Um, there's a part of me and, and, and this was my takeaway. I know I texted you at some point during the quarterback show. My takeaway was like, man, I don't think he likes Kirk. Like it just seemed like, especially in the early episodes, mm-hmm. just seemed like he really did not like him. Um, but obviously their relationship, it, it seemed like it was solid enough. And I think that that right now, I mean, I, I know I sent you that Drew McGarry, his his Jamboree call, my thought on Thursday was excellent um, because he, he wrote about all these feelings of being someone who made fun of Kirk when he was with Washington. And then you have this like, you know, you're rooting for him, but you know, it's probably going to end poorly. But you're also thinking like, maybe this is the day. Really, it's it it is like rooting for Dak Prescott. It's pretty wild. Um He's. I think this team is very likable. I think you have a very likable team right now. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's been enjoyable. It uh, you you like obviously winning. Clearly, you know, no matter what else is going on, you can sort of just find a way to appreciate the winning, even if you don't necessarily like how it's happening or how it looks. Most yeah. of the time, you can find the way to appreciate the winning. Um, when you have like a an actual coach that like you seem to, and I really <laughs> I love Mike Zimmer. You know, I was all in on Mike Zimmer right away because when I look back at my career in, in almost anything, I always gravitate towards a really gruff, brat, not brash, blunt, you know, yeah, crude, hard-ass individuals. Like that was sort of the upbringing that I had, the coaching that I appreciated, the teachers that usually got the best out of me, the managers that weirdly like I worked better for than the really hands-off ones, you know, stuff like that. And so, like, I always really appreciated that about Mike Zimmer. Here's the thing. You can't do that and not completely erode your relationships with everyone if that's the only way that you can coexist. Agreed. And so I think, you know, often we talk about, like, especially when when Nebraska did it going from Bo Pelini to Mike Riley, like, a lot of times in a coaching hire, you go the very, very polar opposite of the person. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't think of a more opposite person on the planet than Kevin O'Connell and Mike Zimmer. Like, I mean, it's incredible. Mike Zimmer hated Kirk. He hated <laughs> they signed him to a record contract and the head coach hated the guy. <laughs> they could go a long time without talking. Your head coach and your quarterback. Like, it is incredible. Absolutely incredible to think about what that is right now. Uh, and then, uh, you know, before we go too far, I would love to give a shout out. I've talked about it pretty much half of the football season, and usually from a whiny fantasy 
context, but also from a this is just bad, terrible football context. Arthur Smith, thank you for blessing us today with more <laughs> dipshittery than Dude, we could even imagine. I you hate know, that stupid One team. of the things that you have to love if you're a general manager is that you used a top 10 pick on a running back that couldn't get one carry, not one carry inside the five-yard line. But you know who did? Jonu Smith. We got to get Jonu Smith the ball because Jonu Smith running sideways makes more sense than B. John Robinson. Congrats to you, Arthur Smith. That's a nice mustache you have. The rest of you might be the world's biggest dumbass today. He sucks, man. I hate that stupid team. And all the NFL pods I listen to talk about them all the time because they're such like a fun hipster team to root for, but they are garbage. I hate watching them. Get them off my TV and give the ball to Robinson more, please. Uh, I mean, it's it's incredible. He took a shot at Kurt Warner uh, over the weekend, like during one of his media availabilities. I can't because stand Kurt that Warner guy, had the he audacity sucks. to critique something. Yeah, he's like, you know, those guys. I guess they're just paid to say stuff, paid to say whatever they want. And it's like, yeah, I think Kurt Kurt Warner, NFL Hall of Fame quarterback, might have a thought or two about why your offense isn't working. Isn't yeah. I don't know. You're the offensive genius behind Ryan Tannehill, but Kurt Warner should probably stand <laughs> down on that one. Uh, Shay, before we get going, I did want to read this comment from Mark um, because we haven't talked about the morning game today. And he said, I was hopeful the Bills or Dolphins would be able to win the AFC over the Chiefs, but I don't know now. Uh, and and uh, my lovely wife does follow up and say Baltimore and Cincinnati are the challengers for that right now. And I would agree with her. Cincinnati, by the way, just closed it out for those of you who weren't watching or listening. This That game just ended for us. Um, it's it, I think that the Dolphins have very quickly for me, and, and I'm kind of bummed to say this as someone who really does like watching them, they have now become the, I don't care what you do in the regular season against the bad teams anymore. Like, I have to see it in January. Like, their first half was pretty bad. The, even the second half, I know they scored, but, you know, what? one of them came on a 20-yard drive. Um, they just, they struggled with the Eagles. They got blitzed by the Bills. And today, they're down 21 zip at the half. And I know, weird trip. You know, it's over in Germany, yada, yada, yada. I'm very disappointed, though, in that team that they're just going to go out and put 70 on teams like the Broncos or put 40 on teams like the Panthers. But, you know, I don't know. It's just, they even struggled with the Pats. I know they went 2-0, and but it's not like either of those games were super-duper easy either. So that was my take. Honestly, my takeaway was I woke up early for that. Like, I woke up early so I get my run in so I could watch the start of that game. I was like, man, I should have slept in. That would have been nice to get another couple hours of sleep this morning. Yeah, the way that game started, the Chiefs go right down and score. And I like Shelby, my wife is a, a Chiefs fan. And I turned to her and I'm like, hey, this is going to be, it feels like one of those, you know, kind of Rams, Rams, Chiefs, uh, when it was supposed to be in Mexico City, but it never got played. And you're like, this is going to be one of those high scoring games. Like they're playing in another country. Yep. Defense doesn't feel like it always travels in that situation. And boy, could I not have been more wrong there. Yep. That was That was such a boring game. It, it was sucked. not fun. Um, I'm with you with the Dolphins. I want to believe in them, but they feel like uh, a gimmicky basketball team that it, it works a good duration of the time, but the foundational teams are just going to cut right through it. Yep. And I mean, I like, I don't even know that the Bills get to count as a foundational team, but the way that they Ugh. beat the crap out of Miami, I think yeah. Buffalo's problem as much as anything, they're not very healthy and they, they just don't seem dynamic. They, they last like just one extra piece on offense digs can only do so yep. much for them. Um, and so I, I just, with the, the dolphins, like I, I we got to see them beat somebody of any consequence. It just yeah. feels like they're a paper tiger. Uh, and then the chiefs, you know, I, I didn't, 
I didn't really view the Denver loss as anything besides just weird NFL result on a day where your quarterback was feeling subpar. Um, I still have a lot of questions. I did at times last year. Like it just if if a team can really take Travis Kelsey out, who's going to beat you? And then also, at what point are they ever going to trust Isaiah Pacheco? It was third and like the distance from uh, from Shoemaker to being a, a touchdown in that Eagles game, and they threw it. Like you're not going to hand it off to Pacheco there. We know you're scared to, to ever have Patrick Mahomes sneak again. Yeah. You know, so I, I understand that. And trust me, I'm, it was sarcastic, but I understand why you're not doing that. Give yeah. the ball to Pacheco. I, I don't get it. Like, it's just, uh, that was weird to me. Um, but I think their defense is legitimately as good as any Chiefs team that I can remember. Oh, by far. In this run. Like, I legitimately feel like they have a defense that you get to be confident in is going to, you know, the, the offense doesn't have to score 42 points for them. Yep. If they can yeah. win in the 20s. They can win in the teens if they have to win in the teens. Like, it's such a different version of the Chiefs. Like, I feel like we've moved out of the the super fun, high-flying offensive era to almost like a Patriots-esque machine-type team. Does, is it's just going to be able to lean on sort of comparison. Yeah, like they're going to be able to lean on the things they've done in the past. They're going to be able to lean on having a great head coach, a great quarterback, you know, a really good, uh, great tight end. Like they're so they're going to be a lean on that. But then they also have defense. And so if the offense isn't isn't working all the time, they only scored twenty one points today. They didn't score any in the second half. And what I mean, the offense only scored fourteen because the obviously the last touchdown they scored was on that the turnover and the weird lateral. Um, yeah, it's 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 really weird because it's kind of like the inverse of the Patriots in that the Patriots won with defense to start and then Brady turned into Brady, whereas, you know, Mahomes came out of the gate, the best quarterback in the NFL, basically. And now they're winning in different ways um, as you know, and this was always going to happen, right? Like when his salary starts taking up so much of the cap, you have to start moving things around and doing things in different ways. And yet kind of like the Eagles. You know, we get to this point where like, I don't know how good they are, but they keep piling up wins. And like, that's the, that's like, he still hasn't had a road playoff game. And you know, like that, that, that's very much in play. I don't think that they play the Ravens in the regular season this year. So, you know, and they obviously have the game in hand now over the the Dolphins. And I think that, you know, none of us are going to take them seriously for that anymore. The Bengals already have four losses. And so while they play them, like that game could matter, but it, it might not. The Bills now have four losses given that they have lost tonight. And so, like the Ravens and the Chiefs tiebreaker is going to come down to, I guess, conference stuff, which is which is a bummer. But maybe it it sets up for a fun matchup in the playoffs because we still haven't gotten that. Like of all the the you know we have those three teams, yeah. yeah, we've had a Bills, Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, and Bengals Chiefs. You know, all of them what multiple times I think, or maybe maybe only one Bengals Bills. But we yeah. haven't had Rave we haven't had Ravens Chiefs yet in the playoffs, and so I really hope we finally get it this year. I as you were sort of walking through. Um, the uh, the Chiefs and the the Patriots thing a little bit. I started wanting wondering if the 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl was really just the inverse result of the Rams Patriots Super Bowl, where the team that like ended up winning it is the one that then propels and goes forward into kind of this you know dynasty esque run that captures the NFL, but then has to innovate itself. Where the Patriots went from defensive oriented, they became a supercharged high powered offense with a quarterback that could sling it all over the yard. And then they had to find another iteration as they got into the 2010s. And then I'm thinking like, okay, so if the chiefs are the Rams in that scenario, and then the, the, like the 49ers are then the Patriots. 
it's oh you've gotten to you know you you made it to the Super Bowl you've played in these big situations but you can't seem to figure out the pieces right now it's just like this weird little like inverse scenario that I've just now created based off of this podcast alone <laughs> someone could steal this and it could be a really fresh take that no one else would have yeah you're the idea man you always are <laughs> No, I just spend too much time thinking about things that nobody else would ever bother with. Oh, we love the NFL. That's why it's called National Fun League. I like this I format better. This format, I think, more fun. Um, I'm sad about the Cowboys and the Eagles. I'm very sad. Yeah, we don't get to as many teams. Like, I thought the Texans, that was such a fun win today. Great game. Uh, such a fun game. Was, you know, that was fantastic. Uh, and then, you know, the rest of the games, I guess, today weren't particularly Packers Rams was garbage, a horrible football game. How about the bears playing well against the saints? That was really weird. Yeah. I, uh, I I don't think the saints are very good. No, Uh, but I also, someone has to win that garbage division. It's going to be crazy. I also think the bears have a better roster than I have given them credit for Mm. or Tyson Bajant is decent. And I like, there's gotta be something in there, right? Like, yeah. You're, you have a D2 Shepherdsville University or Shepherds College or whatever it is. Crazy. Um, yeah, quarterback, and he's able to move the ball on the Saints. Like, I I, I don't know. I So maybe the Bears, maybe the Packers are going to end up being the worst team in that division. But then I guess they got their third win today. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But um, the other ones, you know, Titans played the Steelers earlier this week in a game that nobody in America really wanted to watch. But we did. Um, and then you text me every two weeks for those who don't know shape text me. I swear to God two every two to three weeks. Like, man, I know that it's bad, but I do love Thursday night football. Yeah, it is <laughs> and, true. Then, and I think the same thing every week. I'm like, man, I'm happy that I get to have football. And even if I'm not locked into the game, it's just nice to have on my TV to look up at. Well, I didn't get to watch this one um, because I was busy on Thursday, but it also is like one of those games where you could have invented the score in your head or invented what the game sort of looked like. And then you yes. look box score and you're like, yeah, it's kind of, yep, yep. kind of totally. in line of it. I mean, it's the team that I thought would win the result, the score, it's all, it's all yep. just right there. So yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think we've, we covered most of it. I, I felt really annoyed though. I wanted the Seahawks to be real and I, yeah. I think they're fine. They're going to be a playoff team, but I just, Gino, it really, we we might be a one year wonder here. It it yep. might have been, it, it it I don't know. There's some really ugly throws, and it's not just like they play Baltimore this week. I mean, I've watched. I I basically turned the Seahawks into my second uh, second window game because the Vikings usually play at noon, and yep. so I've watched a lot of Seahawks this year. He has had some terrible throws. He can be a tough hang sometimes. It's it's bad. It's yeah. it's not great. Not great there. So no. I think that covers the, the rest of the league, though. So we yeah. got everybody in. Yeah. All right. So we'll be back again in three weeks uh, for National Fun League Week 12. And uh, so we hope you join us then. Uh, we will be talking about a Cowboys game that is well in the rear view and a Vikings game that hasn't happened yet. So that'll be a good time. Uh, we'll also do Weeks 15 and Week 18, and then we'll be uh, going on during the playoffs. So that'll be a whole lot of fun. Shafe, uh, before we say goodbye, what do you have to plug? Uh, I would just encourage everybody to check out what we have going on at uh, Husker247.com, where we cover a football team that happened to lose a football game on Saturday. But that football game they lost does not mean that they have to lose the next three that they play. 
That's true. No, that's become a popular opinion. I'm just going to try to slightly push back for those sorts of takes and more. You can find them at Husker 24 seven. Also check out the uh, pod that he uh, did that shaped it with Michael severe this morning. Uh, if you like Sunday's, smoke alarms. Yeah. <laughs> if you like smoke alarms, this is going to be your favorite podcast of all time. Absolutely of all time, but no good stuff. Good breakdown of the game with uh, Michael severe. Uh, and then we'll be back in the uh, I 80 club on Wednesday night to, uh, I don't know. I, I'm worried about Jack. I can't wait to talk to him on my radio show tomorrow. Shafe will find out how he is doing. So uh, join us on Wednesday night for that. And then, of course, the uh, Saturday morning coffee show coming up on Saturday. Everyone, thanks for joining us. Mark says, thanks, fellas. Mark, thank you for joining yes, us. Thank thanks you. to everybody. Also, thanks to my wife for not being too mean in the uh, in the chat tonight. That was that was nice of her. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Very cool. Sorry. Okay. All right. Oh, no, you're good. Very professional. Very cool. All right. Bye, everybody.